Welcome to the Connect Hope Podcast, a podcast to encourage pastors and ministry leaders who are striving to make Jesus famous. Hey, this is Gene Jennings. Welcome to the Connect Hope Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Chuck Gordon. Chuck, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. And Gene, I feel like uh, this episode, it's, it's really important to insights. You're a mean one. <laughs> Mr. Grinch. Okay, you can you can probably get the idea of where we're going today. Um, we're, we're talking about Christmas. The Grinch theme, uh, uh, Gene has kind of been given that moniker in our office. I think, do you celebrate actually Christmas or is it not till Christmas morning? Um, <laughs> you know, all this started because I just think Christmas music should start after Thanksgiving, not before Thanksgiving. And that's, this has been going on debate for years. <laughs> I'm the Grinch because I don't like Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. Well, I just had to throw that in there, bro. I, I know just like I... Thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving is a more spiritual holiday than Christmas. That's my Grinch. I mean, Gene. It's, it's, we're, we're, man, we are uh, always always love this time of year and and so stinking incredibly blessed to have with us uh, Michael. A familiar Martin. voice. Yeah, a familiar boy. voice. Yes. Right, yeah. We we hear Michael. Michael's with us. He's a worship pastor here at True North. And, um, I mean, familiar man, voice, but he does our bumper for yes, the podcast. Yes, he does. Yeah. He does. He's our intro-outro guy. <laughs> He's known around the world. Well, that's at least I did have a family member go on the other side of the world, and they listen to the podcast. So that, that uh, well, yeah, I feel famous now. Down. I do. I know. <laughs> but you're not Australian. So I'm that's, not. That's our next I, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I can do an accent if you want me to. <laughs> make it happen. Well, man, we, we wanted to bring in Michael as we head into Christmas uh, we know that that many churches have already planned out where they're going. Some churches uh, actually are recognizing at this point, hey, Christmas is coming. Uh, we might want to do something. Um, but just thought how incredible uh, to bring you on board and, and to have kind of a discussion about yeah. um, you know, what God's been teaching you and how you lead the process of leading our church in, in worship in that direction, even bringing the staff on board where we mentioned earlier was it's not a bunch of instruments but it's an orchestra and we're all working together mm-hmm. so we don't have an orchestra here but not, not implying that but anyway so um yeah, thanks man. again man well thanks for having me on the show yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun very cool well the uh i i love this guy and and again uh one of the things that i've noticed about michael just getting to, to know him and, and stepping on here is uh just so incredibly talented but a lot of people don't know michael leads uh the worship team or or and, and so many other elements but he worships behind the scenes. He's not uh, the lead vocalist and all that. And and yet, uh, man, you're you are so amazingly talented, but you do everything you can. And what I see over and over again is you take these team members and you build them up and you equip mm-hmm. them. Uh, and it, to be honest, it's so it's humbling to see how you develop such a phenomenal team and so many different uh, people as a part of that. But you're, you're so you're so gifted at, at just from my observation at at bringing out their strengths and, and it's not about you. And that's what I, again, one of the things I love about you. So anyway, I'm, he looks well, like thank he's you. still in high school. He does, he does. He is in high school. So. <laughs> yeah, I, love, I, love, I love our youth and Michael is one of our young staff members. And I just love the youth that that entire group, that production team brings out. Well, I appreciate you guys. We're blessed with tons and tons of just great musicians and, and leaders within our team, even the guys that have been around five, six, seven years that not only have helped build the culture, but now are, are helping teach the culture too. And so it really is a blessing. Very cool. That, that's amazing. Well, jumping into Christmas. So when did 
is this just now being planned or have y'all been thinking about it? For yeah. A while or what? So our Christmas planning really starts. I mean, we're honestly thinking about ideas all year long and writing down in our notes or whatever, but really the planning portion of it starts in August and September. We'll plan some sort of big Christmas meeting. We always start with a big meeting. This includes our entire production team. Um, some first impressions. Uh, Steve, our lead pastor, will always be there as well. Um, and this meeting is is always, it's really honestly something that our team looks forward to. It's pretty fun. We'll get together, we'll eat first, and then we'll probably play a game. This past year, we did Christmas categories game just at the beginning, yeah. trying to get in the Christmas spirit, but then also just trying to open people up. You guys know how it is with creative meetings and sitting down and sharing ideas. There's a lot of insecurity with sharing an idea that you're bringing to the table. And so our our goal in that meeting is just kind of open everybody up, get everybody chatting. And then we step into that meeting portion back in back in September. Okay, that's that's awesome. And and what would you say right now in, in advancing, you know, mm. weeks forward or a couple months forward? Um, is it pretty well charted out or still things are, are being developed? Yes, yeah, still things are being developed. Even this morning, we were sitting in a meeting and we we're like, guys, what are we going to do for Christmas? But no, we we have <laughs> we have a good idea of, of where we're headed. And, and really, every year is is kind of different in the way that it flows this past year and this year are great examples of that. So like last year when we stepped into our Christmas meeting, Steve, our lead pastor, really didn't know where he was going for Christmas. And so he threw it to us and said, what ideas do you guys have? We landed on simple Christmas and just the idea of, of trying to create a moment in the service of quiet and simplicity and the chaos of the Christmas season that people can connect with Jesus. And that was our plan. Steve then jumped onto our wagon and started rolling with his message. And that's where we went to this year. Complete opposite. Steve walked into that first Christmas meeting. He said, I have this story. I want to use it. Jesus is the light of the world. And he's going to share a story from one of his son's past that kind of connect with that. And so this year we had a direct line to where he was going. And so now we're kind of building around that. So each year is a little bit different. So this year we feel like we have that central idea. And now we're just kind of coming around and bringing ideas around that. So we're kind of in that stage where we have you know, an abundance of ideas. Now we're kind of narrowing it down. We've already gone through the narrowing process, probably to, you know, 20 or so different elements within the service. Now we're trying to bring that down to about 10. Okay. Oh, man, that's, that's powerful. So, and I, I love the, the way that you, you, like you said, last year, a whole worship team was involved in developing mm -hmm. this year. Steve kind of said, well, here's the direction I'm going. And so it, it is really, it's, it's playing uh, whatever direction the Holy Spirit leads. It's not, uh, I know some churches operate, well, the pastor says this is what we do and so mm -hmm. we must kind of follow suit but y'all are bringing it all together as a team which i yeah that's I cool with, yeah. Uh, you know i don't know if you're aware of this but i was a song leader <laughs> at hilltop baptist church before i've been informed i've been informed back, back in the late 80s are, are you uh, asking for a position so, on worship team? No, are you wanting to get I'm up just saying that, uh, back yeah. going, in those days um my, my job was very difficult I, I would scan the hymn book and i would give the piano player three, uh, four numbers, you know, the four human numbers, there and that's go, how yeah. we're playing the service. So I'm guessing that's kind of what y'all do. Isn't it? Exactly the same. No, <laughs> no, no. A little bit different, a little bit different. Yeah. So really when it comes to planning our services, I mean, there's some things that we know we're going to do generally in that meeting, that creative meeting I was talking about for Christmas, we'll start the meeting, the meeting portion of it out with prayer at first. And then right after that, we'll talk about like the main things that we want to do within our service. And so obviously one, we want to share the gospel Two, We want to worship. Then past that, we get into some more detailed things. We want there to be a family element or this is a, a service where all of our elementary kids are involved with the service. And so we want them to have something that connects with them. We want families to have a moment where they feel like they connect together. We probably want something interactive, you know, throughout the service. So people in the crowd feel like they're engaged in what's going on in the service. Of course, we'll have a message. 
you know, so we'll spend time creating our general themes, the things that we know we want in the service. And then when we start sharing ideas, they kind of start filling in those boxes of the, of the things that we know we want to have within that service. Very cool. Um, I, I love, I love again, how it all pieces together. Even, um, I mean, I like, like here in this year, um, if you don't mind, I'd love here kind of go back last year. Cause I know we've experienced that. We mm-hmm. saw that what all played into that. I know you said Steve came in and going, you're still praying about direction. Yeah. But y'all came up with a simple thing, which to be honest was phenomenal. Uh, it was so intimate in, in worship and, and uh, at Christmas, it was very unique. No. But, um, I guess if you remember kind of some of those. Elements, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So our service last year, it kind of started with a big opener. Really, the if you can think of a crescendo, the opposite of that music is a day crescendo, which is like starting really big and then everything funnels down. So for the first 30 minutes of our service, everything funneled down. We started with this huge opener, big rock band. I think it was Carol of the Bells. And uh, we had electric guitars soloing out front, steam, smoke, the whole nine. And we wanted it to feel a little bit over the top. That was the goal. We wanted people to be like, ah, oh, it's a little uncomfortable because that's a little bit too much. That was kind of the goal because we wanted to start off so big and then narrow down from there. So after that, we kind of did a welcome. And then we broke down to some more acoustic e style worship. And then after that, we kind of went into a visual of somebody just taking a breath. And then we had a spoken word piece that invited people into that quiet moment. And then we finished with a song called Quiet. So really the first 30 minutes of our service were just a day crescendo down to that. And really going back to our creative meeting from last year, how that started is, you know, we started with huge ideas. We were going to have flamethrowers in the first song, right? And then and then nice. we were going to have a whole set change for the acoustic set. We were going to bring out like a log cabin that was going to, we we're going to be in a cabin feel. And we're going to have a full string section when we got down to the quiet song and just leave it on the strings. And obviously you start at like the 10,000 foot level looking at ideas. And that's fun to start at. That's where you do want to start out because that's where you start getting all those, yeah. those, those cool ideas from. But then once you start narrowing it down, you're like, all right, we have some reality that we have to do. And what pieces do we have? And so that is the fun thing about it is sitting in a role like this is you get to be a part of the 10,000 feet thing. But then you also get to be a part of actually making it happen, physically happen. And our team is really good when we start out with those ideas. Everybody kind of knows their lane and what they run in the best. And so after we kind of all bring those ideas together, I just kind of unleash our team. Ben, our technical director, he's incredibly talented. So I said, I want whatever you can do with this amount of money to make that opener feel big. He's like, all right, I got you. So he called up Atlanta special effects, had stuff going. It was fantastic. Um, Our creative director, Katie is an incredible writer. She did an amazing spoken word that she wrote last year and just incredibly gifted. And honestly, that was one of the most uh, impactful moments of the service of her connecting people to that moment, connecting to Jesus, connecting to that moment of quiet. And so that was her strength that she ran with. And I basically said, write, write a script and go with it. And she did. And it was, it was fantastic. Well, that's, that's solid. And I love again, the creativity and, and as you said, 10,000 feet. And that to me is, is uh, when you know, it's going to be a phenomenal one, you prayed over it. And then two, you come and there's nothing that is, uh, you can't share. It's like, mm-hmm. let's throw out these ideas. And, and you know that you got to whittle down, but at least everybody feels safe in that room to throw out the different big ideas. Yeah. Um, so do y'all, do y'all talk about the, what we call CEOs, the Christmas and Easter only attenders? We do. Yeah. How's yeah. this going to, how are they going to feel? How's this going to, how are they going to respond to this? 
um, what's our goal with mm -hmm. those people that we know we're going to have tons of? For sure, yeah. So when we talk about Christmas and Easter only, people who are not in church all the time, we think of it in two different lens. Basically, what's going to help them connect in that service, but then also what's going to draw them to come back. And as much as I would love to say that it's going to be the music that draws them back, the big opener, really what draws them back is a connection with Jesus. And, and that connection can happen anywhere. It can happen in the parking lot with somebody just showing them love. But I think it, it really goes down to every person that they connect with throughout there, that they would show the love of Jesus, that have moments to, to experience him in the service, that they would get prayer in that service, that they would feel a connection in that way. I feel like that's what's going to draw them coming back more than any song or anything like that, any more any special element. But we do think that special elements are important because a lot of times those can break down barriers in the room for people who are walking up with their guard up. If they walk into something that's just fun and they get to experience some entertainment, sometimes those can start breaking down the wall so that when we do get into the meat of the service where we're sharing the gospel, we're sharing the love of Jesus, that they're then able to hear that because they've, they've some of those walls have been broken down for them. Oh, that's that's huge. Um, I've always seen a word that, that I've perceived and, and taken church sometimes have to be really careful how it's done. But um, the word entertainment uh, can be a very negative context mm -hmm. as far as that, that you don't want to entertain in the way that you're just putting on a show and that that's the whole thing. But when you use the word entertainment from an advantage point of captivating, mm -hmm. uh, we want people to be captivated with who Jesus is. And, yeah. and so I, I see from, and I have to, again, be carefully use this word. We want to entertain or captivate people with the, with the presence of Jesus. I, I think, we can't do enough. It's it's that yeah. kind of goes to that expression, that Craig Rochelle expression of want to do anything short of sin to reach people for God. You know, and, mm -hmm. and it's it's that unique edge. Now, I, I imagine there are probably some people right now we've we've lost a, a, a tenth of a ten of a, anyway, yeah, yeah. That, that maybe that's a little bit too far over the edge. I don't know. I have, I have a pastor friend years ago. We talked about that because we had entertaining services at that church and. Um, he liked to say entertainment, I-N-N-E-R. Yeah, gotcha. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, that um, we're, we're entertaining their souls, their spirit. We're trying to prick their hearts. Or, yeah. Well, I should say, we're trying to put uh, them in a position where they'll hear the, hear the Holy Spirit prick their heart. Yeah. Um, obviously, we know the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts and converts and makes those changes in people's lives. But, um, so, yeah, I, I'm okay with the entertainment. Um, like you said, as long as there's, you know, certain parameters, like yeah. Rochelle. And I think there's entertainment for entertainment standpoint yeah. of just that's the goal of it, just being entertaining. I, you know, that's not something that we hope to achieve. There are yeah. our goal if we're going to do anything that's entertaining is is to help connect people to something. You yeah. know, if it's just to break down the wall, that's great. If that entertainment then uh, is a tool that we use for communication, that's great, too. I, I love, you know having conversations with you. I grew up in a more traditional style church. And so when I have conversations with family members who are still involved in the church and we talk about tools and stuff like that, to me, when we talk about a lot of the things that we view as entertainment, a lot of times those are just tools of communication. We're all communicating the same message. It's just that I'm using a different toolbox right. to communicate those things. And so whether it be video or lights, we're all trying to, to convey the same message. Just what your toolbox looks like is a little bit same different. Same message, different method. Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt, no doubt. So if there was a, um, uh, a team out there and they're looking at, at Christmas and right now it's like, okay, we really haven't planned anything. I know this, this is kind of really not a fair question to throw at you, but what would you encourage if, if there's a, whether it's a pastor or a, a worship pastor and they're trying to say, okay, where do I go from here? Maybe what are some things we can do other than do, you know, bring Gene Jennings in as our song leader. What are some things that we can do <laughs> this Christmas? Uh, to, to, <laughs> sorry, man. Hey, I offered 
for, for my wife and I to do interpretive movement in tights over Michael and he yeah. shot it down months ago. But anyway, I think I, I shocked him. He didn't yeah. know who I was. I would have voted for that. <laughs> yeah, I would have too, actually. Yeah. scared everybody yeah. away. Anyway, but um, what's some of the, I guess, encouragement, advice, maybe insight? Okay, starting from here, what are some things that can happen just to present the gospel and it not just yeah. be a, I, I think so many churches we come in and people want traditional, the same, you know, some people do, but at the same mm -hmm. time, uh, I believe some people are not going to hear the message of Christ because all we hear is tradition. And yeah. That, I don't know. Is there anything that you'd, you'd give that team that are going, okay, how can yeah. we stretch it at this point? Yeah. I think those creative meetings are so important and not just a meeting for a meeting's sake, but getting different voices and hearing different perspectives. That's why I love that creative meeting that we have. We have so many people who sit in so many different, we have, we have an age range of young 20s all the way up to to later 50s and that meaning people who have been in church their entire life people who haven't been in church that that long um have different experiences and when you hear those people start talking about their different experiences those lead to so many different creative ideas um and just in the way they speak the way they talk um and in that meeting too you know it's i actually I used to think that brains, I used to think I really wasn't even creative at all. Back in the day, it's, I thought that I, my creative mind just didn't work that way. And really it wasn't until college when I had a professor talk about what a brainstorm looked like. A lot of times you walk into a meeting and they're like, oh, we're going to brainstorm this idea and you haven't been prepared at all for it. And you're just meant to say something off the cuff. There are people who are built like that. The person I used to work under, he was built like that. He could come up with an idea like that. I'm not like that at all. I need my time to develop thoughts. And then I like sitting in a meeting and building off it. And so when I learned that, it kind of unlocked my creative mind of, of brainstorms really happen in the preparation side. So give your team an advance two, three weeks out. Say, hey, we're going to get together, bring three ideas. We've done that in the past where we said everybody who comes to the meeting has to bring three ideas. They can be huge themes for the entire service, or it can just be what kind of coffee do we want to serve outside? But they're bringing something to the table. One, it starts unlocking their brain, but then it gets you talking because I think synergy is one of the most important parts of those meetings. When you start sharing ideas, I love building off your idea. You love building off my idea. And then we end up with something that we didn't even do, know walking in was going to even be a topic of conversation. And so I think creative meetings are super important and getting people with different perspectives and different ideas in the room. Yeah, that, that's huge. Uh, I love it. I, 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 I've always used the word uh, fermenting, you know, because you want ideas to ferment, kind of like the communion mm -hmm. cups we had uh, uh, last uh, worship service that we ordered. And those who don't work here, I <laughs> know we ordered these boxes of little communion cups uh -huh. and half of them came as normal grape juice. The other half were, were wine. We didn't know that going in advance because they were ordered as regular. So uh -huh. anyway, we had a little bit of our body get a little tipsy, but that, um, that I'm going to Or did Michael's pee really <laughs> Months in advance. This is true. Listen, this is true. I mean, we may have. I'm not going to say those boxes are missing now. We have them in the green room, but we may. We kind of joke that our, our staff on certain days we put out the communion box on the on the table in the office and said happy hour at six o'clock. That's you know, right. Everybody grab a communion cup. Anyway, a little little sippy cup, whatever. But um, <laughs> but um, so I, I appreciate your response there. Mm -hmm. If there's a pastor listening and maybe. Um, He's wanting to bring along uh, his worship pastor, and maybe yeah. they've been more traditional. What are some things you might recommend to him? I know that you and Steve, I see, all work so well together with that. Mm -hmm. What are some things that that could be helpful for him to do to reach out? Because you know, I know a lot of worship pastors out there are kind of they know that their hands are tied, and unless a pastor says, "Hey, I want you to run with this," they're yeah. going to uh, they're going to know that I got to pick out the three songs and then the 
they're saying just as I am and whatever else. And um, anyway, yeah, um, I, yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, I think that Steve is is really good at trusting, which it, I know for a lot of lead pastors that's tough to do to like go to the reins. And he's really good at that, saying letting us run with an idea. He's like I said, he's a part of that initial creative meeting. He's a part, you know, we're filling him in constantly on what we're planning. But he really is good at just trusting and, and letting go, and that can be tough to do a lot of times. You know, I think the more that uh, lead pastors can give their worship pastor in the way of ideas of where they're going, I think that it's always helpful because it allows you to start maybe pigeonholing some of those ideas, bringing them down, narrowing them down once you have a bunch out there. Um, and then also, I think it's good to to be okay to, to try stuff and to allow it to be a, a fail and to try stuff and maybe have to pull the plug at the last minute. And that's one of the absolute hardest things to do, I feel like, is to have an idea and you get really close to the end and you pull it just because it's not going to work and being okay with that because that happens to us all the time. You know, we have to pull an idea last minute because it's just not going to work. It sometimes happens on a, a <laughs> weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, but I think being okay with trusting and then just allowing for failure is always the best way to, wow. to run with creative stuff. So I hear with that, just not, not carrying your egos into the meetings and yeah. not carrying your ego with it. It's because bigger purpose. It's about God's glory and, yeah. and, uh, and the only way you can pull stuff last minute like that is basically check your ego at the door. Mm -hmm. What's, what's going to be glorifying to God? For worship pastors, we, you know, and, and creative people, we, you know, we're so attached to our ideas a lot of times. And, and that's sometimes really hard to do is to check that ego. You know, you're so excited about an idea and you walk in and you share it and you feel like it gets crushed. we got to realize that your goal as the worship pastor, as the production team, is really to support the lead pastor and his vision of where he's going. And sometimes he allows you to run with it. Sometimes he comes in and you just need to be supportive of that idea. And you got to be okay to, to check that. Which which is easier said than done sometimes. Yeah. That's huge. Well, man, can't thank you enough for being with us. Is there anything else, any other ideas or insights or things that you want to encourage pastors with out there, leaders? Man, I would say just get after it. I, I would say that the number one thing we always just say is, is, is our prayer is always, God, what do you want to do in the service? What do you want your church to sing and worship? What do you want us to say? And if you're following along with that, everything else falls into place. It really does. That's huge. That's huge. Well, Hey, if you want to find out more or you need to would like to get in touch with uh, Michael Martin, we'd love to connect you with him. You can uh, just email me at, at Chuck G at connecthope.org. That's C-H-U-C-K-G at C-O-N-N-E-C-T-H-O-P-E.org. And uh, we'll get in touch with him. Uh, I'd love to see again what God's doing with this guy. And I cannot wait. And um, Grinch, it's been a great time being with you. I'm Gene. Excuse me. <laughs> I've enjoyed listening. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, y'all. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. If today's podcast hit home with you, we hope you'll share it with other ministry leaders. If there's any way we can be here for you, please contact us at connecthope.org. Until next time, let's make Jesus famous.